0: Anyway, we should we should start now. We should wel- welcome everybody to our second episode of Foul Play mm, with your hosts Jackie and Laura. Yeah, exactly. Mm, so, Laura, so we'll start with our yeah, we'll start with our first segment. What's growing on?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, we will. What's been growing on Jackie, what's been growing on my pumpkins? are bananas
0: mm.
1: Why well, not literally <laughs> that's that's unexpected <laughs> it's not what I planted <laughs> this
0: well they say with um things that is the pumpkin family whatever they are you get the um they're not true to type so you know sometimes you plant pumpkins and you get bananas
1: <laughs> yeah that's pretty much happened in my case I planted pumpkins and now wow. my whole yard is um Overtaken with pumpkin vine, it's like um, it looks like a lily pond. You know when you look out across the pond, and it's covered with the Mm. lily pads. It's beautiful, but I can't walk anywhere in my yard because there's so many pumpkin vines. (laughs) I have to keep going out and cutting them back so that I have pathways to walk around. Otherwise, is is it is it
0: all foliage, or have you got um some some fruit as well?
1: So I was worried that it was all foliage there's a mm-hmm. lot of foliage like it's I, I sent you that picture of it and that captured like a little corner but it's it's insane how much there is and then today i did like a, a head count so i went through and counted the pumpkins that are there and i didn't count mm-hmm. any of the little bud pumpkins you know when they've still got the flower attached but they're kind of like as big as your fist maybe okay. i didn't count those ones because i've had a few that just like shrivel up all of a sudden and don't it, mm-hmm. but so the ones that are bigger than that and look established, those ones I've got either 13 or 14. So wow, that should get us through That's winter.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I mean, they last for quite a while, don't they? Like how, how long will they last in
1: storage for? My mum kept one in her garage for a year and she's, it's still there and she says it's fine. Yeah, that's very exciting. I don't have any pumpkins.
0: I have but my zucchini is going crazy and it does that same thing you were talking about with the shriveling up um occasionally. But most apparently that can sometimes be to do with it not being pollinated enough. Yeah, um, the gardening groups I was a member of was talking about that, but I'm not sure the, the few people in the comments seem to be disagreeing whether that was a myth or not. So oh. um but I, it seems feasible. We have so many bees and pollinators, though, so that would be surprising. Mm. My, I reckon my my best garden update is we ate some of our corn and Um, it is so delicious. It's just such a good crop. I'm jealous. But it's also absolutely amazing that that, like, talking about pollination, there's, because it has all those little, like, has the male part at the top and it is this funny seed crown and then the corn has these little strings, And that's what the, each one of those represents a kernel that needs to be pollinated. And so I think that's why you're supposed to plant corn in blocks, like lots of corn all altogether. So when it falls down, it pollinates well. But we didn't really have enough space to do that because corn was a bit of an afterthought. Um, so I hand pollinated a bunch of them. And I don't know if that actually helped or if it's just that the bees did a good job. But they've been really well pollinated. And most of the kernels have um, full, luscious little
1: kernels of corn juicy that's great
0: yeah it's really nice and i i just hate doing groceries so much and it's lovely to be like well we can have eggs and something from the we can have eggs and zucchini basically at
1: any time so i tried to grow corn as well um but Mm -hmm. it got smothered by pumpkins so (laughs) Last year I had such a good crop. I tried growing the blue corn as well as oh, yeah. sweet corn. So some of mm. them like I don't know if it's possible for them to cross pollinate, but I had some corn that was like all different colours, like dark blue and grey and yellow kernels all in the one cob. That Is cool. that a stained glass corn? No, because I only planted the blue and blue corn and sweet corn. Yeah, right. Unless wow. I got the wrong seeds. But um No, that's very exciting. And I was so excited to grow some more corn this year. And then it's pumpkin everywhere. It's like day of the truth. <laughs> do you like pumpkin? I do. I'm I'm good. Oh, I, good. <laughs> I think I have um a bit of a problem with my plants in that I get dominated for them. Like naturally, I'm quite a submissive person. So <laughs> I just sort of let them grow and then walk around them and oh look, they're getting too big. Oh
0: well. <laughs> So one massive change gardening for me this season has been I have actually pruned and thinned plants, Mm. which I am I don't like causing harm to things. And I often if I see a little seedling, I'm like, oh, I can't extinguish your life. You're doing so well. And when people say, like, plant three seeds and then thin to the fittest, I'm like, what? That's horrible. It's like eugenics. And I am not okay with it. But last year, I ended up, all my zucchini plants went well. But they, the problem was because I didn't thin them. There was this thick, intense mm. mat mm-hmm. of very healthy zucchini. And when I tried to pick a zucchini, I would come out covered in scratches like I'd been in a fight with a cat. Yeah. And then also, it, like they were sort of constrained and they couldn't grow. And then they got really bad mildew. So I'm like, okay, I'm not doing anyone any favors by not thinning. And the same thing happened with my tomatoes last year that I didn't um, prune off any of the little suckers and I didn't prune any of the foliage. Mm -hmm. So if I was going for a tomato hedge, I was winning the competition. But I I barely had any fruit because it had put all its energy into leaves. So with this season, I have actually thinned the zucchinis and it's going well. Mm -hmm. And I have pruned the tomatoes and I'm getting the best tomato crop I've ever got so awesome it's it it pays to dominate your plants and yeah. not submit to
1: them you've got to be cruel to be kind
0: <laughs> well you've got to be cruel to be productive uh-huh. same in the garden I think,
1: I think we're on the same like learning trajectory because that's something that I really mm. put into practice this year as well like as much as my pumpkins have gone like not so out there um i have made sure to keep the path clear so i can at least navigate around and like when the new growth mm. comes up and gets a little curly bits on the end you know like i don't know what that's called but you know, they cling on to other plants and use that as a little clump. yeah i just go out and like snip off especially when there's already a fruit further up the vine i'll cut the end off because i want mm-hmm. that fruit to get bigger um but the first time I pruned one, it was, just, it was just a crepe myrtle. Like it wasn't even a fruit tree or anything. I remember I was shaking because I was so nervous I was going to kill this tree or that I was being nasty. But once you do a few cuts, mm. you really easily get carried away. Like I had a bit too much fun. Oh, like, totally. <laughs> I had so much fun this year pruning a
0: tomato that it, it just grew. And we had tomatoes last year, but then realized that it was actually a bit of a waste of space, but also it then shaded like the rest of the bed. So we didn't want to plant tomatoes in there this year. But then three tomatoes sprung up and one was particularly beautiful and vigorous. Mm -hmm. And um, I, when we went away over Christmas, I left it and thought, well, when we come back either, it'll be getting tomatoes. My secret plan was that it would have so many tomatoes. And then Johnny would be like, "Oh, Oh, we have to keep it. And so then I'd be able to keep it because he is much more practical with the pruning. And I'm finally getting there. But anyway, so I, it had a few on there, but it was, sh- it was shading out all the cucumbers that were behind it. And it was over the time and it was doing exactly what happened last year. And, um, so I had this real attitude when I was pruning it of, it doesn't matter if I kill it. Like, I'm going to take this back. I'm going to cut off pretty much all the leaves and keep just the stems and the branches that had fruit on them. And then obviously I kept a few leaves. Cause I was like, well, that will kill it if I take off every single leaf. But, um, I went to town and I thought it was going to die and it's great. It is so happy. It's like, I guess, cause it's, it's kind of good for plants to be under a bit of stress if you want them to fruit, because you need them to be like, Oh my goodness, I have to make babies and continue my line, which i wonder, you know, that. you want, yeah. You don't want them being like, I'm fine. I'm comfortable. I just need to make one baby. It'll be fine. You want them to be like, ah, oh, reproduce. So I think that really worked for this one. And now I'm just having to prune it again because the leaves, a few leaves have come back and it's shading out things again. But it was a really useful exercise for me because I think it's given me a bit of pruning confidence that I didn't have before.
1: Yeah, you know, even with with me, like in my garden, the best example of how much of a pushover I am with my plants is that... (laughs) I put avocado seeds in the ground like when we moved in just to see if they would grow. Like I didn't even mm. know about where I was putting them. I just put them in and was like, Oh, this will be a fun. They'll get a little sprout maybe. And then like, probably nothing will grow. Now I have like two avocado trees that are as high, like as tall as I am, which is very tall. And I, I didn't even want them, <laughs> but I can't get rid of it. But avocados them. are great. I know avocados are great, but they have such a bad spot. Um, I'm gonna yeah, try, okay. uh, <laughs> in the worst, but like literally everyone who comes into my garden is like, "What are those?" And I say, "Oh, they're avocado trees." And they say, "You know they get really big, right?" And I was like, <laughs> mm, "Let's move on. Let's not." Yeah. they in a terrible spot. I'm gonna try and um, transplant them, and I do have some other avocado trees in pots that I can, you know. Yeah. If if they die, it's not the end of the world. Um, we have some mm. backups that are already established that we can put in anyway so yeah
0: I'd love to grow an avocado but apparently Canberra and Tasmania and Hobart are the only capital cities you can't grow avocados in successfully Ah, yeah yeah I'll give you some of mine <laughs> thank you I mean also I I I can buy them from the shop you know I like to not buy things from the shop but that's fine I can buy avocados I also obviously like I can't grow mangoes Mm. And my, I can't, my pumpkins would never turn into bananas down here. So um, I'll have to buy them from the shop too. And that's also okay. That's all right.
1: Yeah.
0: Can't have everything. So I have been wanting to ask you Mm. to move to our core content. Mm. Oh, Fowls. Did you get ducks? What is happening with the, what's the process happening with getting ducks?
1: Meow. meow. (laughs) Oh. so we had a slight delay with the construction of their little living quarters but hoping that by next weekend they should be here we went to bunnings yesterday and got all the supplies and trav was Mm -hmm. like yeah i'm gonna put it together this afternoon i was like all right let's do it um and then his mom showed up for a visit and uh stayed for a few hours and then it was nighttime Mm -hmm. not the time for building yeah
0: Stuff. and well and
1: so it was a great visit we had um, apple pastitsi and it was lovely but i don't have a duck house at the moment
0: well i think this is this is really interesting because i had a similar sort of experience not my mum was never the delay she was very encouraging with the chickens but i had other human-based delays including myself so it might be useful to, to our broad listener base um if we just talk about what the experience is actually like and what you need to consider in getting chickens or ducks yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. where are you at
1: I think um I've done so much research and honestly the best place to start for me was YouTube videos um Mm -hmm. actually no the best place to start was chatting to Uncle Stephen a lot Mm -hmm over many years. So I've built up a bit of a base knowledge from him and watching him work with his ducks and everything. And then when I was like, right, we're getting ducks, this is definitely happening, then I started watching all the YouTube videos about Mm. just setting up what they need, like water and food, what sort of container they should sleep in and how to make a run that's safe for them so that they don't get taken by predators or what the actual risk is for predators here in Australia. Um, Mm. So at the moment... We're not even going to be moving them into, like, their permanent lodgings, if you want to put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, we've, this is going to sound really cruel, but um, we have a cupboard at the back of our garage. <laughs> <laughs> to torture the ducks in. Yeah, the duck cupboard. Mm. Um, so we'll put them away in the cupboard <laughs> at nighttime, time, basically. We were going to build like a raised platform right. at the back of the garage um, with an old ensemble, stretch a tarp over it and build a ramp up for them to get onto it and um, lay it with straw because our garage floods as well, by the way. So we needed something mm-hmm. raised up. And we didn't want them walking um, on the concrete because it's not very good for their little feet to be on hard surfaces. Okay. Because um, they're so soft, their little padded feet um Mm. so we were going to do that and then we were talking about it with steven and he said he was standing in the garage and he turned around and pointed at the cupboard and was like "What do you keep in there and we were like oh nothing like we were going to tear that cupboard out and he said no just um knock out the center you know divider in the middle of the cupboard Mm. and then put some chicken wire in the front and they can go to bed in there at night time and i was like well that sounds much easier than our you know more complicated temporary plan that we had so
0: so do ducks come home to roost and do they need to like sleep on a platform or like do they like to be raised up or uh, how does that work
1: I think in our case it will need to have them raised up off the ground just so that if it does get heavy rain they don't get flooded not that they would mind I mean they're ducks but um you just don't want them mm-hmm. to be wet in the middle of the night so mm-hmm. they sleep on the ground so they don't need a roost in the way that chickens do they just sort of nuzzle into grasses or reeds out in the wild hmm. and they do the same thing in their houses um, and they lay eggs pretty much wherever I know that they lay eggs really early in the morning but if they're out then they'll just lay them out in the garden any old place they don't need like a nesting box they just yeah out wherever but you can I think I've read that you can train them to lay in specific places but that sounds like a lot of work so I'm probably not going to
0: hmm. Well, with chickens, you often train them by just putting an egg in a place, yeah, and then that's where they go. So, Except our chickens are very funny. We have two identical nest boxes, mm. and they will only lay in one nest box because apparently the other one is completely unsafe. <sighs> it's just that one, terrible, full of death, but the other one, the best place on earth, and sometimes three of them will be piled up on top of each other, which is just really strange. But,
1: yeah. That's really funny. <sighs>
0: Um, yeah but but so with with ducks yeah. do they like are you going to have them in a big run or will they just wander free
1: throughout the day and kind of come back to their cupboard at night so they will be protected by the pumpkin leaves um out in okay. the yard, basically they're going to free range in our um side garden like through the vegetable patch we'll see how that goes I have been assured that they won't dig up like our established veggies, but I may need to fence off when I plant seedlings so that they don't get in there. Um, Mm -hmm. So they'll have, yeah, free run over that part of our garden. And then at nighttime we'll shepherd them uh, into the cupboard. That's the plan. (laughs) And
0: do you like, do you think they'll go willingly or are you going to have to sort of, Um, I remember like herding cattle with my dad when we had to hold out big sticks and like, chase them in i'm visiting. yeah
1: something similar to that yeah so i don't think it'll be easy to start with i think um these particular ducks haven't been handled that much since when they were really little because the mother that was looking after them was a bit too protective and um Mm -hmm. would get real cranky whenever stephen got close to touch them so they're not that great with people where if you hand raise ducks or handle them a lot more when they're ducklings then you can sort of just pick them up and carry them into bed if you want to, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or they might be more open to suggestion, I guess. But these ones, I assume will <laughs> be like. In- hey, the-
0: it's really good cupboard. didn't you think that cupboard would be a nice place to go? oh well, if it was good yeah, enough, I, I heard I- everybody says it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly.
1: I think that they they'll just spend most of their like that bedtime sequence will just be running away from us and we will just try and position ourselves so that they run away from us into the cupboard, basically. Yeah,
0: okay, that, that makes sense. You should film that. That sounds entertaining to watch.
1: I'm, I don't think it's going to go well for the first little while, but eventually mm. they will learn where bedtime is and they'll like where bed is and they'll make their way in there. But hopefully they're not in the cupboard for too long. Like I do want to get them a proper um, – I was actually just going to convert a cubby house like a wooden cubby house, and then put mm. them in an enclosed run um, so that they have the option when we're not at home to be in an enclosed space. And then um, mm. when we are at home, they can be out in the patch. I'm just a bit nervous about predators, I guess, um, when we're out. Do you
0: in- know if you have foxes
1: where we you are? Definitely have foxes, yeah. yeah. Um, foxes and lace monitors. A lace monitor walked through our garage two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, that was oh, God. a revelation. <laughs>
0: that's um yeah that's a real predator that's
1: yeah i was like that's a real the inside, this thing might eat it like <laughs> yeah um, okay so we have that and then there's also um a cat next door which is very friendly but it's an outdoor cat so i'm not sure mm. how that's gonna go we'll just have to um sort of wait and see because we can't do much about that you know it just goes where it's gonna go cat's gonna cat
0: well, apparently, alpacas are really good at warding off predators. Mm. So, maybe if you got an alpaca, that would help. True.
1: I'll fight that with It's Janet. like a
0: thing. <laughs> you've, you've, uh, I've seen it on farms. <laughs> I've seen it on farms in Braidwood, and there's just like a bunch of alpacas in the middle of a bunch of chickens. And apparently, they fight off the foxes, but they leave the chickens alone. So, yeah.
1: I've heard some dog I mean,
0: it's, a, that. it's an idea. Yeah
1: but I prefer an alpaca to a dog. Yeah. I love dogs, but alpacas. Yeah, that'd be fun. I don't, honestly, I don't think we have the space <laughs>
0: for an alpaca. So. Yeah. I'm not sure what their needs are. But, um, okay. So then once you've, you've got your temporary enclosure and then that's good because then you can get the ducks and sort of understand a bit more what they need while you're building their permanent mm-hmm. home. Yeah, exactly. We kind of just want to see what
1: their behaviour is going to be like and get a feel for them before we. Um, dive in with spending like a lot of time building a proper one. Yeah.
0: We did the opposite. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, I have wanted chickens for ages. And then when we were like, when we got this place, I remember saying to my dad, Breed me some chickens because I'll be ready really soon, like now, breed them right now. And he said, You won't get chickens this year. And I, I thought you're mad that because I think it was it was October or something, and I'm like, I will get we'll have a coup before the end of um
1: yeah. the
0: end of the year. You're crazy, anyway. We definitely didn't have a coup by the end of the year. And then the next year rolled around, and I was on a bit of a chicken mad focus. Mm-hmm. You were pre pre COVID. I was extremely clucky. Yeah. and I I was like, you know, my standard thing is to hunt for secondhand stuff. I'm I'm very good scavenger and then like back then my woodworking skills were very small they're quite a bit better now than we built the coop but they're still um i you know it's easier obviously if you have a base and i was i thought you know maybe i could find a cubby or there were all these i went very hard on the youtube videos and there were all the um the, like you could convert swing sets into a chicken coop and that all looked very exciting and i even looked at cupboards as an idea and you know there's the stuff around but then Johnny has had chickens before and he has had some pretty horrendous experiences with foxes Mm. and so he wanted something really fox-proof and everything I was thinking of was basically like this small little house for them and then just like you know some star pegs and wire around it for the day and then that they'd go into the the coop at night and he was just like no that's not safe enough Mm. Um, and and then my dad also has had some pretty intense fox experiences like my dad loves his chickens and he's woken up to them being massacred more than once and um it's just awful because the fox doesn't even necessarily eat all the chickens they just kill them all and then drink some of their blood and take some of them it's it's just quite horrendous yeah um anyway i'll i'll speed it up so the so anyway, but dad's built like three stages. So he has stage, stage one is like full on bunker and nothing can get in there with the chickens. It is like dug, it's completely enclosed on all sides and then it's all, the wires all dug down. Dad actually even has dug big holes and then smashed beer bottles in there and buried the glass so that if the fox has tried to dig in, they will cut their hands because he really, really hates foxes like more than anyone I've ever met. That's um, um,
1: that's something.
0: It's like it's like some sort of you know wartime prison yes. stuff, mm. which is a lot. But anyway, so ours, so so we spent quite a long time designing the coop. And I say the royal we. It was Johnny. He mm. he will be a guest shortly and can talk a lot more about his chicken coop design process. But um, from my perspective. Getting the chickens was a lot of leveraging talent in my networks of my partner being like, "Hello, you are very clever. Please design a fantastic impenetrable fortress." And also, we looked at um, we looked at heaps of free plans. There's all these free plans available on the internet, which is great. And then obviously, people you know, people are proud of their coops, so they give coop tours on YouTube, and we sort of adapted lots of different ones that we like the look of. And then, um, but so without too much detail, the basic structure of it is that the, the coop itself is, you know, a nice like meter by a meter box and the chickens live there, but the door is always open into their run, which is two meters high. So we can stand in there and we've planted trees in there and we can like dig and shovel and, and stuff. But the actual run is all enclosed, even on the roof, um, because we're pretty sure like a, a eagle or something or an owl took a chicken once. Um, so that's like all good. And then it's avery wire on the outside, so it's quite small. Like, so snakes can't even get in. And then the bottom, it's dug out and the wire goes out flat horizontally about 20 centimetres under the ground and that's dug in as well. So it looks nice. Now we've got molt and we've even planted some things around the outside, but if a fox tried to dig, it would um it would just hit wire and not be able to get in, so that it we we really made sure we had the coop and the coop was like oh a couple of weekends it was a project every weekend for several months. No, no, I we I thought I thought it would take us a weekend. I thought we'll just knock up a little coop. It'll be great. And no, it's. And instead, turned into like so many Bunnings runs. We started calling it the Green Church um, because you go every weekend and make a donation. Yeah. We stole that from someone, but it just really resonated. So, and it was just we went, oh man, the amount of time, amount of time. It wasn't that expensive. Like it did cost us probably, definitely cost over a thousand dollars because we ended up using structural, um, structural pine. Yeah. But we saved a lot of costs and we we did manage to, um, we got all our cladding. Like I scavenged, recycled timber from my old fence palings. That was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. I had to go to people's houses at night with a head torch. And I, I asked permission, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it all felt very, um, very covert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah someone was moving and they had to get rid of all of the timber by the next morning. And it was the middle of winter. So it wasn't the middle of the night. It was like 7.30 PM, it was probably 3:00. but it was very dark. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was, it was like 7.30, but um, so, but our getting the chickens was really the smallest part of getting chickens for us. It was getting the coop designed and then built. And we had to, you know, we made mistakes because we, we didn't, Know how to build a giant chicken coop in the back of our house. I think it's 11 square meters the space they have, and we have four chickens. So having them have enough space to feel um, free and be able to stretch their legs was really important because we uh, we didn't want to let them into the backyard. Yeah. Um, mainly because as much as they will come home in the evening to roost, that's great, but you know. I'd wanna, I, I would want to let them out in the morning before work and then I'd be frantically, like, chasing the chickens around, trying to get them back in. Yeah. And they, they're pretty satisfied in there. Like, by the time they scratch all the way around, it's changed. Something else has sort of grown. Or um, And, yeah, now that we, we also, from YouTube, this is all from YouTube, we, we now do a composting system inside the, the mm. coop. And so that's always changing and has um, lots of worms as well so yeah and then actually getting the birds by the time I got the birds from my dad the ones he bred for us were one year old and then one of them had an injured foot he would bred four for us and one of them had gone broody and so I took two that were intended for us but then I had to choose two other birds so that's where I got Anastasia she was two so she was like a year older she'd already been broody so that was a good um a good idea that she wouldn't go again and she was a bit of an escape artist with, at dad's house. She like, kept trying to fly out um, and he doesn't, didn't have a roof on his coop. So, and also she's a buff Sussex, so she's brown. And I thought she was just incredibly beautiful. Um, so I brought her and she initially was really mean to the other chickens, but she has chilled out, which is great. And then Peep was like a new batch dad had bred. And um, she was just this gorgeous little chicken and, oh, she just I remember when I saw her, she was sleeping in the sun and I wanted her so much because she was so cute. And it was a bit of a challenge because obviously, you know, having a young chicken is lovely. Um, They're really cute, but also, you know, knowing the sex of it is pretty hard and scary because you don't know which way it's going to go and you get attached to this chicken. Um, but I thought it was worth the risk because I really wanted her, um, and so I thought I like one of our um, friends had said to choose the one with the smallest feet because then it's most likely to be a girl. Ah. out of out of its batch, like that. Look, there's lots of ways you can sex chickens, but that was like if there's three of them that are like from the same batch, and one if you take the one with the smallest feet, hopefully it's a girl. Anyway, it worked out. She had the smallest feet, and she is a girl. So, um, there's one. I don't know what more evidence you need. That's how you sex chickens. That's okay. We're
1: going to all chickens uh, <laughs> by the size of their feet.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we've already done it. Um, I
1: think that's the whole episode.
0: Apparently, but
1: there's a way to sex ducks where, like, the male ducks get a, a curl in the fe- their feather on their tail
0: oh yeah well tail feathers are yeah a big thing yeah well I um I've I've observed that before actually because I had a friend who had ducks and they both ended up being boys and we thought oh that one's got a bit of a curly tail it's like oh but that one does too surely they're not both boys and anyway they were both male ducks and that was a problem so yeah but that's it's a big thing to consider i guess because some a lot of people get pullets where or or an auto sexing breed where you can tell from very early on mm. but certain breeds like like especially six with a bit of you know leghorn and buffs sussex and who else like other things thrown in you you don't get all those um classic breed features if you yeah. have a, a bit of a mutt chicken so, so cool. um yeah that was something to consider but the my thought was because you want to introduce them all at the same time because they're so territorial or at least let them be in pairs so if you have already if you so if pete was a rooster then we would have got two extra chickens mm. so that they could be a little alliance while they all work themselves out but yeah. yeah now if we expand the flock we'd have to get six chickens or raise them from little chicks which is probably what i would want to do
1: yeah that's exciting it be so fun to raise. We're not
0: expanding the flock. We're fine. We have plenty of chickens.
1: Ooh, Laura's going to expand the
0: flock. Yay. No.
1: <laughs> um, That's all right. Maybe one day. Um, I think the biggest difference, like, from what you're saying with considering all the chicken proofing and everything, is quite similar. Like, with our enclosed run, we do want to have a roof on it because driving home from the zoo up the road the other week, we saw an eagle <laughs> flying over the top of us, like, really close. And it mm-hmm. just like, then that made me think that's probably looking for something about duck sized to have a snack on, <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: so. especially because you're getting the coal ducks, which are bred to be
1: smaller. I know. They're so like, cute. <laughs> e- Eagle snack size. Yeah, snack size, snack size duck. So, yeah, when we do have the enclosed run set up, it will have a roof on it. Which is, yeah, and they're, they're fox proofing in terms of digging the wire under the ground. I've been looking at different ways to do that as well. When we were in Bunnings yesterday, we saw some of that um, foam, like the gym mat sort of stuff. Do you know? They use mm. it at the bottom of playgrounds yeah. as well. It's like that soft foam. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you don't boop your head too hard when you fall down.
0: Yeah, is it normally black? I think that kind is.
1: Of- yeah, black, or it comes in like speckled red or blue or green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was like, maybe we could like lay that because they're quite they're like one metre square. If you could lay that across the entrance, like where the, the fencing for the uh, run would be underneath and like that instead of the wire. I don't know why I thought that would be better than wire. But Anyway, there's so many different... Would options. you bury it or yeah. just have it on top? I think yeah, I'd yeah. have it quite shallow. Like it wouldn't be buried mm-hmm. too far down. But Well, one benefit of the wire
0: is if stuff can still grow over the top because the the roots of things whether it's grass or you know we've got some mint around the outside and we've got some corn around the outside and some beans and they can still grow because they can get their roots through the holes so if you had Uh, the
1: um the mat that wouldn't be able to happen but maybe you don't want things growing I'm sure um I don't really mind the area that we've got earmarked actually already has three walls three brick walls so we only have to build like one and a half walls of netting um it's like in in the old unused barbecue area that our place has and it's got pavers on the ground that all the weeds grow up through um and then like one full height uh brick wall at the back and then two half height brick walls on the side so it's kind of hard to explain i'll take a picture maybe we can put it up on the instagram but um
0: yeah cool i that sounds good. Yeah. And I think the thing that's funny is now that I've built the coop, and because we, we went a bit coop mad with, like, walking around because um, also this was at the beginning of lockdown and we'd walk around our street and look at other people's coops. In, in Canberra, sometimes people have them in their front yards mm. and there's one coop nearby that we modelled ours on. And we ended up going a bit further in a few different ways and it's a bit more intense than theirs. But um, it had that same idea that it was the, the run was enclosed and then, the coop was inside that run and there was a tree and a compost system and things inside yeah. um but now when I look at people's houses I'm like that's a great spot for a chicken coop you could a coop there <laughs> yeah and um, I've got a friend who's got a, a space down the side of her house I'm like it's a really weird space we don't know what to do with it I'm like that would be perfect for a chicken coop yeah, my brother's got a, like, weird little bit of wasteland behind his house that no one's using because it's sort of too steep. And I'm like, oh, you could definitely just put some chickens in there. I think he should. I think he might. You've um, just, you've gone but, cla- yeah, there's there's lots of different spots. Yeah. Oh, I, I am. I am.
1: I see the world as a potential coop. Yeah, you've just got your coop radar going constantly.
0: Yeah. yeah I think- but I think it's so important to keep them safe. Like, you're just oh, yeah. having to put that effort in is really worthwhile because losing them sucks
1: yeah the other thing that's really common with chicken coops is that they're raised off the ground um Mm -hmm. because that stops things from bearing up directly into their little house right um and i'm maybe better ventilated too but with ducks they hate walking up ramps so if you are going to put a ramp you have to put little barriers on the side otherwise they just fall off the sides because they're just silly little
0: ducks (laughs) Yeah, well, they, they don't have grabby feet. They're yeah, basically they like, have you ever tried to walk up a ramp in flippers? It's like walking up a slippery dip. <laughs> yeah, in flippers.
1: Yeah, in slippers. So yeah. that's um one thing. But I do kind of want to have it raised up a little bit, so we'll try some sort of ramp situation, but make it so that they don't push each other off the ramp. Um, anyway,
0: yeah.
1: but that's one of the things. And Ours is raised yeah, up. Yeah, I, yeah, yours is really and, high up. Yeah. And they even like yeah under it during the day. I saw them resting under. Initially.
0: That's that's a well. So the idea of it as well is it's shady and nice and cool because there's quite a bit of mm. insulation um, by like you know just having the coop mm. on top. But also in the rain, um, all right, it's really good. And it, when we built this coop, I thought it never rains. We're in Australia. Like Canberra doesn't get rain, and I didn't think that much about it at all because we'd just come through such a hot summer. And then it's just constantly rained basically since we got the chicken coop. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that they have all the shelter from the rain because they, they don't mind too much getting wet, but we've even had a few hail, little hailstorms and um, they, they get under
1: there. Yeah, keep dry. That's good. Speaking of water, the other difference is that ducks need somewhere to get wet. Um, mm. So I, initially I thought we'd have to have like a built-in pond or something. But we've just got a kiddie pool from Bunnings, like one of those little shell pools. And, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's enough. Like we'll just fill it up each day and then empty it, hopefully not more than once a day. Um, but that's fine so that they can get their splash time in. And then they'll need like a full bucket of water next to their food so that they can dunk their head in as they're eating. Um, or not next to their... But yeah, weren't you
0: saying they need to get their whole face wet?
1: Yeah, they do need to get their whole face wet because they don't have I'm, – I'm pretty sure what I read was that they don't have tear ducts, so they need to be able to flush their eyes out using the water. Um, so technically you could have ducks without having a pool and just have a deep enough bucket of water for them to dip in and out of. Um, but they would be very happy because they love swimming and stuff, obviously. Yeah, for
0: sure. Well, yeah, you have to let them swim. They're little ducks
1: yeah but i think it's doable without it but i think um, doing it for the, yeah so anyway yeah so that's kind of the where we're at with our ducks it's underway i'll take some pictures of the work in progress and um, on the Instagram. yeah and hopefully this time next week we will have two little ducks in sounds them.
0: good extremely exciting um and i guess where we should leave it is um you i hope do you have names for your ducks yet or she'll that be something that we can wait as a cliffhanger for next week
1: maybe we should leave that as a cliffhanger i'm still deciding but (laughs) they're like um very strong front runners um okay yeah i just as a like as a hit i have a cat named paul so that's my kind Mm -hmm. of name (laughs) and i have a child called so (laughs) my my cat (laughs) my human is called felix
0: I'm not sure I'd ever made that connection before that you named your yeah. child a cat name and your cat a person. I mean, I knew you had your cat a person name because you've had him for a lot longer.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember naming Felix. I was, like, hesitant because I was, like, oh, but our cat's name is Paul. This is weird. But anyway, <laughs> not many people notice until they pointed out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'll announce yeah. the dog's names. Um, once they're here, I'll get a feel for their personalities and just lock in the name that I think they will be or decide on different ones so we'll reveal that in the next episode
0: I for one am hanging for the next episode so that I can hear the names of your ducks. so you know we're achieving something stay tuned yeah I am I'm fully tuned
1: subscribe
0: yeah (laughs) I have subscribed thank you me too I can subscribe is that what you're saying
1: yeah I think I don't know. how many subscribers do we have three maybe we'll have to check yeah
0: to the to the podcast yeah me you and your mum. is that wow I don't know I sent it to mum, but she hasn't given me any feedback or told me that she's listened so <laughs> I don't know if that's just because she's like oh Laura I, this is basically being on the phone with you but I don't get to contribute <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I wouldn't blame her if she didn't want to she could also just call me and get all this content but not not the duck content so maybe she should subscribe for the
1: duck content you should I'll tell her how to adapt a kiddie pool from bunnies so that it's safe for ducks
0: yeah yeah Totally. <laughs> yeah
1: all right cool that? well yeah
0: lovely to chat to you I'm gonna go have some dinner
1: Enjoy. I'm gonna go watch not right nice yeah see ya Bye.